say let let uh I want to encourage you guys to get your Bibles. It's If you want to follow along, I am reading from the NIV. Again, if you wish to follow along, I'm reading the NIV. We are going to be doing a um, a teaching today. Um, I'm not interested so much into uh, preaching to you this day per se, as much as it is my objective um, to teach. Um, I want us to go to, I believe it's first Timothy, excuse me, second Timothy chapter four, second Timothy chapter four. Welcome sister Amir. God bless you. Good evening to you. And uh, if you are able, I wish to encourage you to uh, eliminate all distractions. Um, you know, a big reason is, um, you know, we have to understand when the word is sown, that the word is sown... Um, and if you recall the passage where Jesus speaks of the four soils, <coughs> what happens, right, uh, is in one, in one case, you find that the devil snatches seed away. And um, the Bible tells us that this is uh, indicative of those who um, are lacking understanding. It says, for reason of their uh, lack of understanding... It says the devil takes that seed and snatches it away. So it's imperative that we not only listen to the word of God, <clears throat> but that we actually understand it. Does that make sense? Because um, you just because one is listening, it's not promising that they will understand. And there's a number of factors that hinders our understanding. Um, you know... Just because you hear the the wavelength uh, and, and the you know the sounds emit into your ears is not therefore the same as as understanding because there's a number of barriers. For example, I can hear someone in a different language. It doesn't mean I understand them. I may even want to understand what they're saying. And, and listen more intently. Have you ever noticed that like if someone doesn't understand the same language as you, then they, uh, you know, like let's say they're uh, speaking Spanish and then the, the other person who doesn't understand, they kind of go like this, what? As if getting closer to them is going to help them understand. It's, I don't know why people do that. Um, you know, sometimes when we're driving, you know, and there's a person in another vehicle, you know, and, and then uh, 
we want to go one direction and they want to go the same direction or, you know, something happens and then my wife ends up speaking and I'm like, babe, they can't hear you. <laughs> like, oh, go this way. Oh, come on. And I'm like, they can't hear you. <laughs> I don't know why people do that. But the the point, though, is this, is that just because um, you want to understand doesn't mean that you will understand. And just because you hear doesn't mean that you will understand. And so um, another hindrance could be um, distractions. And this is why I bring that up, because distractions can be barriers to your understanding of the Word of God, right? Um, this is why in class, right, it, it, maybe you were in class before there were cell phones, and, uh, well, maybe you went to college, and your professors say, hey, no cell phones. Well, there's a reason for it, is because he doesn't want you to get an F on the exam. And if you do... Well, you kind of get out what you put in. And so, especially today, since this is going to be more uh, teaching geared, I want us to uh, pay careful attention to what, to what is said today, um, lest it, in, in any way we, we fail to understand what the Word of God is attempting to communicate with us. Now, with that said, let us uh, therefore go to Second Timothy chapter 4. Um, and I want to focus on verse to um, and following and, and this is what uh, Paul is is writing to Timothy now mind you I, I think that we, we, we tend to look past some of these very basic things but it is important to note that it's not for example uh, entitled Philippians and you have to ask yourself why you know <coughs> sometimes it's the most basic things that we don't slow down to ask questions about um this is indicative this this is evidenced by the fact that how many unbelievers continue throughout life 30 years of it 40 years of it and never ask the meaning of it so it's one of the most fundamental and basic things pertaining to reality is the very thing they don't concern themselves to ask about and it's because they take it for granted or they I don't know. Maybe they're focused so much on the, the tree that they lose sight of the forest. So don't lose sight of the forest by looking too intently at the tree. And so uh, he's writing to Timothy who happens to be a minister. So whenever you're reading the book of Timothy, see the Bible is not a magic book that you can just extrapolate you know, little uh, 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 theological uh, recipes from and dash a little bit of that and dash a little bit of that in your little stew, right? It, it's not a magic book. It's not a book of incantations. It's a historical book. Yes, it is a prophetic book. It is a, a spiritual book, but sometimes people treat the Bible as if it's a magic book. Like, let me just, you know, go like this in the first verse I land on, God's going to speak to me. It's not an abracadabra thing. And, and so you have to take note of who is saying what, to whom is he writing, why is he writing, what is the authorial intent, what is the context. You have to ask all these questions. And the sad misfortune is that today, while we may in some ways be educated as believers, by and large, this is at least my experience, 
people don't know how to read the Bible. And I don't say that as an insult, but be that as it may, people don't know how to read it. That's that's why we have, you know, bizarre and ridiculous uh, conclusions such as the, the king of Denmark is the Antichrist. It's like Denmark has nothing to... How do you get... <laughs> How do you get that from the scriptures? I, I I just it baffles me. And then when you really slow down and hear some of these theories that are postulated, like I remember one time they were saying, like uh, I heard someone say, "Oh, uh, what do they say? Oh, the Queen Elizabeth has uh, uh, I forgot exactly." The, but it was something along the line. She has like six diamonds on her crown, and six is the number of uh, man, and therefore six, 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 and crazy stuff like that. Um. Anyways, <coughs> so verse two, look at what it says. Paul is writing to Timothy. Says, "Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction." Um, so this is suggestive of the fact that uh, preaching the word is not an option, right? It's a commandment, and um, and as a commandment, um, those to whom uh, are called to the ministry of the word can do it voluntarily, or they can do it involuntarily. Uh, uh, Paul says, woe unto me if I don't preach the gospel. Paul was entrusted to that as, as a ministry, as his ministry, and, and therefore was obliged to do it. But uh, Paul is uh, telling Timothy, look, this is something that you must do. It's, it's not a suggestion. So when we gather together, I'm simply discharging my duties is to preach the word. Whether people accept it, whether people reject it, um, People should never get mad at the mailman. Um, look, man, if you didn't pay your bills and uh, you're receiving in the mail, like, bad news, don't get mad at me. Don't release your pit bull on me because you don't like the message. I don't have anything to do with it in the sense that I hadn't, I myself am a subject to the same message. Does that make sense? So, so you know, th there's no reason for anybody to get mad at the messenger because I myself can easily become a castaway. Isn't that what Paul said? He says, uh, you know, that I beat my body into subjection. Uh, I'm not one who beats the air. And he says, I do this lest I myself become a castaway. That after having preached to others, that I myself may be rejected. So... Uh, if in if anything, messenger uh, messengers of the gospel are held as at a higher standard, and will undergo severe uh, a stricter judgment. So, um, now, <coughs> in addition to preaching, he t he says there's three things he that uh, Timothy is to do. He is to correct, rebuke, and encourage. So, um, I'm not going to spend too much time into this. 
Um, this is not an exhaustive list because there's other things uh, that one may do, such as reprove or comfort and console and, and so on and so forth. Um, but the, the one of the things that I, I'm not interested in the diet of scripture that I, I seek to feed you all with isn't a diet of encouragement. I'm not saying that encouragement isn't needed. It's a valid thing. It's there in the scriptures and we ought to provide it um, as, as ministers of the gospel. However, um, you know, candy is good. And I'm not saying encourage, I'm not conflating candy with encouragement um, as if somehow it's sugarcoating. Because um, if you're preaching the scriptures in truth and you're actually comforting people in truth, it's not sugarcoating. Right, but so, uh, but it's a, for the point of analogy. If your entire diet, or let's even use something such as protein, very valid and very good. If all of your diet is is, is comprised of protein, your body is going to lack other essential nutrients that 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 is conducive for your upbuilding, that will be conducive for your nourishment. Such that if if you do not have it, you will be malnourished. No. Right, so. Um, one of the things that people don't like is the corrective aspect. I, I, no one does. And that's okay, but the thing that distinct, that distinguishes you from the one who enjoys it as opposed to... Uh, well, because no one enjoys it, but the, one, the thing that distinguishes you from person A from person B is that person A listens to the correction and rejects it. The second person who is spiritual and not emotional is a person who listens to the correction and then thereby conforms their life into, into conformity with that correction. Insofar as the correction is rooted within the scriptures. That's the authority. Now, um, again, nobody likes it, <coughs> but by the help of God we are to endure correction. Right? Uh, now, correction may not be moral. There's different reasons for why you need to be corrected. Uh, you may need to be corrected doctrinally. You need to be corrected morally, or you may, need to be corrected in, in different things. Maybe it's just a mere information issue. Maybe it's not pertaining to doctrine. You have your doctrine correct, but a minuscule fact within the doctrine is something that you are slightly off on. Right? So, you know, they, they corrected, uh, I believe it was Apollos in the book of Acts, Priscilla and Aquila, says they showed unto him the more perfect way. He didn't stomp his feet and pout and say, who are you to tell me this? Right? He didn't do that. So that should not be our response either. Does that make sense? You know, um, th th when people are, now look, when people get upset, when someone, let's say you get upset and someone shares with you the scriptures, you have to ask yourself, why am I getting upset? Because whenever the scriptures are shared, and, and now and it's never and, and it's not, let's say the person is sharing in love, there should be no reason why we get upset, right? Um, it's it's not it's not good. Uh, and then of course rebuke that means to stop or you know to put an end to, to re like Jesus rebuked the devil and told him to be quiet, right? 
Um, so it's it's essentially stopping, like it, we're cutting off that behavior. And then there's uh, encouragement. Now this is what Paul says, with great patience and careful instruction. So the, the man of God who preaches, uh, it should not be uncareful. Uh, he should be very much careful. Uh, Paul tells Timothy elsewhere, he says, uh, rightly dividing the word of truth. And the Greek uh, denotes a careful, precise uh, cutting of, of the material that was uh, used to make tents. And so you can imagine uh, the, 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 the carefulness, the, um, the integrity that the person, uh, that the man of God should have with Scripture, right? When expounding it. Um, if you haven't learned already, you know, sometimes a text can be altered merely by a word. And so we have to take careful note of the context of, of phrases, of clauses, of statements, of tenses, uh, whether something is in uh, the, the passive voice, the middle voice, or whether something was active or passive. Uh, all of these things are relevant to truth. Amen? Now, so we have to be careful to instruct. So what is the, so that is suggestive of the fact that we need instruction. Okay. So now verse three, and I'm gonna read this verse, and, I, and then uh, we'll move forward to uh, another, <coughs> another. But um, what I ultimately want to discuss this day. Verse three: For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Okay. So what do we read here? It's very clear that Paul is cognizant of the fact, he's aware that a time will come in which people will not endure sound doctrine or they will not put up with it. You know, uh, have you ever said that, I'm not going to put up with this? Or has your mom ever said this, I'm not going to put up with this any longer? Okay, so how does she feel about that? <laughs> so do you do that when it comes to Scripture? I hope not. So, you know, do we go, I'm not going to put up with this any longer. <laughs> okay. I hope that works out for you. Because it really won't. Because the Word of God is going to stay the same. And you can keep pouting. But you're only going to secure for you. Um, <coughs> you're going to secure for yourself uh, terrible results uh, because God is unchanging, and and I can have a greater expectation. I, 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 uh, there is a greater chance that the law of gravity will fail then it is the case that the word of God will fail uh, so in other words it, it it's not happening uh, there's a, there's I have a greater hope that one plus one will eventually equal five then uh, I can hope for the word of God to change 
Does that make sense? Now, we're not to be arrogant about it. Uh, but here's the thing. People don't like it when it comes to the so-called bad parts. But they don't take... They don't give very much attention to why it is a blessing. Not, not only... Uh, like, what I mean is this. We want to focus on the corrective parts that we don't like and how it's unchanging. But, okay, what about the good parts? The fact that God is patient, God is merciful. Man doesn't consider all of those aspects, right, when they're angry at God. We, the, so the fact that God is unchanging is the greatest consolation under the heavens. That is the greatest encouragement that God is unchanging because if God were to change, then that means that if you were unchanging in your righteousness, in your good behavior, and your uprightness, then the how can we have any expectation that God would be constant, that one moment our righteous behavior will be pleasing to Him, but the next moment our righteous behavior will somehow displease Him? You know, that's the that that is that sort of fickleness and lack of constancy, lack of dependability is what creates fear, an unhealthy fear in man. For the same reason that an earthly father, if you cannot predict his behavior and he's always he, he he's always changing, he can't he can't be dependent. It depended upon. He cannot be reliable. He, his character, he's angry this moment, the next moment he's happy. He's just like the wave, you know, the, the sea that's tossed by the, the wind. But God, however, is remaining. He is constant. He is unchanging. And because he is unchanging, right, we can therefore have a healthy fear of him, a healthy reverence of him. And if he was not, uh, if he was changing, then how, what fear would that incite within us? Nothing can be dependent upon, right? Um, but it says, for the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. So we have to be willing to put up with sound doctrine. You know, sometimes there are aspects in the Word of God that you just simply have to put up with. Right? Not every... Man, look it. Not every uh, chapter you read in the, uh, in the Bible is going to be Psalm 103 or Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. How good, how good would that be? But hey, man, uh, life is tough. And God has other things for you, to, for Him to say to you, other than Psalm twenty-three. Yeah. It's not insensitive. You know, one of the most uh, uh, unloving things can be is to ill-prepare you. If all we talk about are the good, and you're never informed about what the potential bads that can happen, then you're going to be ill-equipped to face them. I've said this before, but the compassions of God do not exempt you from <coughs> pain. Your ignorance will, will secure for you a bondage that the compassions of God will not exempt you from. 
So what you need to avail yourself with is knowledge, is light. Because, you know, a lot of women have a problem with this, especially those, well, particularly those that are on the nurturing side. You know, they think, and I'm not discrediting those who are nurturing and compassionate, but compassion solves nothing. Nurture solves nothing. Well, excuse me, it, it solves some things, but it don't solve everything. See, the, the solution to some problems is not compassion, but is discipline. Amen. Right? You, you know, compassion isn't the, the one size that fits all. Yeah. And the truth is also for discipline. Discipline is not the one size that fits all. So, you know, we have to have an, uh, an, an integration of, of both and, and to be able to discern when one situation needs X and when one situation needs why you know and and when another situation may need both but um the point is is that um people are not going to endure sound doctrine now sound there in the greek simply means wholesome you know they're they're wholesome. They're wholesome words. They they are, you know, um, to if for if something's unsound, if something is not sound, then it's it's uh, unwholesome. It's unhealthy. Amen. You know that's why I often speak against the unwholesome words of. Of teachers such as well, they're really not teachers. They're inspirational uh, preachers or motivational speakers like uh, uh, Mike Todd, guys like that. That's man, that stuff is unwholesome because if you look at the so-called disciples that are under them, they're not. They can regurgitate all that he says. They're like, oh man, oh that sounds good. New level, new devil. Ooh. I'm going on to my next level, I, and there's going to be a new devil, right? Isn't isn't that how he speaks? You you, you, you got to catch this. You got for all elevation. There's going to be haters. <laughs> People don't grow under that stuff, man. See, just because you talk about God doesn't mean that you're a preacher of the scriptures. And this is <clears throat> not to sound cynical, Amen. but this is the problem I have with a lot of young YouTube influencers and Instagram influencers. You know, they, you know, they, they, I know that they love God. A lot of them do, um, but there's no rooting in doctrine. A lot of it really when you look, just look at some of the things that you see, a lot of the trendy popularized influencers, it's, it's, um, <clears throat> and this is not to be cynical or, 
but it's it's simply the case a lot of it is religious inspiration or religious entertainment even the going out and evangelizing and casting out demons as good as that is i have nothing to say against that it's merely inspiration it's all all it doing is inspiring you and 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 okay but go out front and say that's what your channel is about i'm just here for inspiration so that way you're not misleading people into thinking that you're an actual teacher of the word do you see what i'm saying because the thing that the church needs isn't mere inspiration we get inspiration from the holy ghost i don't need inspiration from you amen right men of old were inspired by the holy ghost as they wrote so i don't need inspiration from any i don't need inspiration from mike todd i don't need it from td jakes i don't need it from stephen furtick i don't need any of you guys to inspire me because first of all they don't inspire me uh, but secondly, I need inspiration from the Holy Ghost. Because if the Holy Ghost ain't inspiring you, then what will be the fruit of your life? Amen. So, uh, we need those that will root people within doctrine. Within the Holy Scriptures. Right? That's, that's what we need. Um, so... Because that's what builds us up. That's what informs us. And you can easily see how a little leaven leavens the lump. For example, guys like John MacArthur that, that teach against tongues. The result of his, of his doctrine is causing people to blaspheme. So... Um... That's all to say that we need uh, the word of the Lord to be expounded in truth. What is the text saying? Right? <coughs> Amen? So, you know, uh, for example, and let me just break this down to you real quickly. This is also the difference between expositional teaching and topical a lot of what you see today are, and I'm not saying it's sinful, that there are topical teachers, but let me give you an example. They'll say, oh, today we're talking about the four loves, how to love your wife, how to love your husband. And, and so what they do is they, they show you, they, they say, this is the series we're talking about. Is it a sinful thing? No. But, but hear me out. Oh, we're going to talk about A, B, C, D. And then what they do is they get verses to support the topic. And, and it ends up being, it's well constructed. And then ultimately ends up looking and sounding like a TED Talk. Because it's, it's more in keeping with modern communicative skills and rhetoric and public speaking. And a, a lot of Aristotelian way of speaking to people and being a great orator things like that as opposed to let's look at this specific text and draw out from it the meaning that God intended for us to know let's let's stay within this text and that's what's expositional I, I'm not trying to say this is the topic we're talking about today let me find all the verses to support that 
Rather, let's look at this specific text and find and derive the meaning. Because and that's the difference really between being theologically informed versus biblically informed because a lot of people have a theology a system of of teaching that they've learned from say a seminary but when it comes to the actual bible they haven't learned the biblical text this is why for example people in seven day adventist or people within the oneness church people within the jehovah's witness church they can tell you the body of doctrine that they believe theologically but when you act and they regurgitate it because they've been indoctrinated within that system of thought but when you say okay where are you deriving all that from show me from the bible get let's get biblical not theological now there's a there's a slight difference there but it's an important difference and and so for example let's let think of it this way uh like uh the book moby dick or the book uh, Twilight, or the book, uh, what's a popular, let, let's say uh, the Chronicles of Narnia, right? Someone, someone can have a real good idea of the book of the Chronicles of Narnia, right? They, they, they may have even seen the movie, they can tell you that character and, and whatnot, but there's a difference between knowing uh, it generally as opposed to going to the actual text and being able to have a good handling of where this is found and, and, and who is he speaking about right there. It's a lot of the details within the actual book and, and it's a very good grasp of literature. Um, I hope I made my point there. So, um, this is the last thing I'll say about it, <clears throat> is to be biblical is to look at the immediate text and see what does this word mean, what does this statement mean, and, and how does that relate to the broader context, right? It's, it's a great textual analysis. That's, that's what biblical exposition is like what we're doing here. I'm going verse by verse and explaining, okay, this is what that means, so on and so forth. Instead of having a pre-commitment to a particular topic and then let me just package it in a good way that you know looks presentable uh, as, as a public speaker. Does that make sense? Amen. And the reason why teaching like this is safer is because you actually take a careful analysis and look at the text. And we're going through it together. Does that make sense? So, <coughs> um, so look at here. He says, with great patience and careful instruction for the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires. So, we see that People have their own desires, and then there are the desires of God. You see, what, what makes the difference between the person who suits their own desires and the person who pursues the desires of God is that those who are pursuing the desires of God are led by the Holy Ghost because they want to fulfill and satisfy what God wants. And so these people are actually sensual. People think that sensual deals with only with porn and lust. No, sensual is when you want to believe Calvinism instead of the Bible. 
Because Calvinism makes you feel safe that you can't lose your salvation. Because the thought of losing your salvation makes you too afraid. And, and so you're led by fear instead of truth. Do you see that? Oh no, I, I can't lose my salvation. No way, I'm going to believe John, John MacArthur. I, I can't lose it, I can't lose it. Right, and so you're led by fear that makes you sensual, and so you're. And then look at what this is indicative of 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 such people. Look at what Paul says: they will gather around themselves a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. Okay, I want to hear that I can't be damned, that I I, I don't have to actually work out my salvation with fear and trembling, that I can just eat, you know believe easy believism and mental assent. And everything will be okay. You know, it's like, uh, you know, Dorothy from Wizard of Oz. There's no place like home. There's no place like home. <laughs> Once saved, always saved. Once saved, always saved. <laughs> so, this is why it's important not to follow your own desires. Because you will have your own. As I have my own. But... What what distinguishes you from that sensual individual and the person who follows and, and the next man is that <clears throat> you actually follow the desires of God, no matter where the conclusions lead. Does that make sense? Amen. Yeah, exactly. That's that's you know I heard some some youngster on the uh, on the um, dang podcast. She's all, the Bible's been mistranslated so many times. And it's like, <clears throat> the level of ignorance is, is just, it's, perva- it's pervasive. It's, it's so common. You don't even know what you're talking about. Ha- have, you, have you looked at the, the ancient manuscripts? Do you, do you understand uh, how translation works? It's not, you know... Uh, d- do you understand these things? Uh, while there is no perfect translation, it doesn't negate the fact that there are reliable ones. Yeah. There's no... See, there were only perfect manuscripts or autographs. An autograph, in the Greek, just to break that down, the prefix in autograph is the word alte. That means self. <clears throat> and graphe means writing. So it was the self-writing. So the self-writing of Paul or the self-writing of Peter. So they themselves write, wrote it. We don't have the autographs. We have copies of the autographs. But those copies date as far back as the late of the first century. Right? So um, now those needed to be transliterated. Right? In, um, like, for example, some of the... Well, not the Pauline letters, but for example, like the Hebrew scriptures, they need to be uh, uh, transliterated. And if, like, for example, because there's 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 languages that come after Greek or come after Hebrew that were invented later, and uh, <clears throat> you know that's transliteration. But translation is okay. Not trying to find a word to create from this language into this language, but there's already two pre-existing languages. What does this word mean in this language? 
I don't want to confuse you, but the point though that I'm trying to make is that there isn't a mistranslation. Um, okay, so but I, I forgot what podcast I was on, but I seen on Instagram <clears throat> some lady said that or girl or whatever. I don't know if you guys seen it too, but people do anything to try to avoid the truth. Does that make sense? All right, so <clears throat> so we are not to uh, gather around ourselves teachers that just want to tell us what we want to hear. You know, this is um, that's you, you, we don't arrive the truth that way. So, <laughs> so if someone doesn't want to modify their lifestyle. Doesn't matter how many. Uh, uh, coaches or how many dietitians I gather around me that are affirming that all I can eat that it's permissible for me to only eat candy I'm never going to yield results that way if I only gather around me people that say hey it's okay all you do is eat uh, stuff that's sugar coated (laughs) it might make me feel better but isn't that human nature? We want to be told what we've we want to know, or what 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 we think is true, or you know, you get what I'm saying. That's human nature. But that's where you got to transcend above human nature by the power of God, by the by by the strength and the motivation that the Holy Spirit gives you. Amen. Right. So if he says, "Hey, that person isn't for you. Don't marry them, or blah blah blah, or whatever," you don't you don't go and try to seek counsel from certain leaders that whose conclusion you know will be, "Hey, I think that person is good for you." You don't do that, but yet that's what people do. Does that make sense? Can I get a witness? <laughs> Can you slap your neighbor and tell your neighbor? <laughs> get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. He makes everybody get ready. He's like, oh, well, it's gonna happen. What's gonna happen? And then he drops a, he drops the uh, a bomb of of falsity on you. See, that's why you have to be careful with a lot of these guys because like people like T.D. Jakes, they have yoga witchcraft classes in the, in their church. And then you always have someone try to intellectualize it and say, you know, yoga is not bad. You know, you can, you can summon demons in you. <laughs> it's okay if it looks Western, right? And it's like, come on, man, what are we doing? You're learning from some yoga instructor that's demon possessed, while they're putting their uh, uh, the their uh, what's it called, those humming music or whatever it is, you know, while they're doing the yoga, right, to so, to get a higher vibration. It's like let me vibe, I'll vibrate you. Wake up. <laughs> 
Stop with the nonsense. <laughs> Dude, pull a, what's it called? A Bart, uh, Homer Simpson on Bart. <laughs> Not to say that I watched that. I just, I remember that from the world. Is that okay? Amen. They would turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. So you're going like that with your ear. You're like, no, uh, no, I'm not listening to that. I'm going to listen to a myth. I'm going to listen to the myth that this or myth that. And myths are not true. They're not true. Amen. Right? So now I want to challenge you, brothers and sisters, because here's the thing. While we may readily look, and rightfully so, at the LGBT community, when we say, you're turning your ears away from the truth, right? We may look at them rightfully so. But I want to ask us this question. I want to challenge us here. How many times have you looked away from the truth? Have you turned away from the truth when God had convicted you? You may not be led to a doctrine such as theirs, but perhaps in practice you did do something not very far from them, right? And, and maybe it wasn't a, a, a time of weakness where you had succumbed to your temptations and saying, you know what, I don't want to go on Saturday because I know I'm going to hear truth and I'm living in sin right now, so I'm going to skip out. Does that, doesn't that make sense? You know, I fornicated last night. I smoked weed last night. You know, I sniffed a line of Coke or I looked at porn or whatever. And so I'm not going to go to Saturday because I'm going to turn my ears away from the truth. I'll come back to it later, though. Or maybe, you know, you know, there's a certain section during the teaching. You're like, I don't want to listen to that. So you lower your volume. Right? Or you're in worship and you're listening to that one worship song where it says, where you go, I'll go. Where you stay, I'll stay. And then God says, go here. And you're like, let me me change the worship song. That's not inspiring. (laughs) Come on. Come on, somebody. So what is that showing you? That's indicative of the fact that you have a innate proclivity and temptation you want to do other than what God tells you to do. Does that make sense? We all have it. But that's why we got to rise above it. Through the power of the Holy Ghost. Through the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> so not every time that I... It's not every time that I feel like praying... You think this is like Ned Flanders Christianity? Twiddly doo, neighbor! Oh, everything's going great today! (laughs) You think, is that that what you think of Christianity? Ned Flanders. I don't know, man. That's not my experience. Uh, 
That's probably what Joel Osteen will tell you, right? That everything will just be fine and, you know, the, you know, just love your dog and love your cat, love the cockroach and everything going to be just fine. Don't work out that way. So, <clears throat> right? Don't, so don't gather around yourself, teachers, to say what your itching ears want to hear. Because it's a, a very pestering thing to have an itch. Right? What What's your first... Uh, Response. It's to to satisfy, to, to scratch it. Right? Well, the devil, he's going to get a, a, I don't know what causes itches. Maybe a feather or he sends a fly your way or something that causes a response, you know, make your skin slightly irritable. It's like, oh man, I... This area right here, it needs to be, right, mosquitoes or whatever. You know, in order to create that itch in you. Amen. Does that make sense? <clears throat> so, the word of the Lord is not always an easy thing to receive. We have to be willing to, though. And we are able to through God's power. Paul says we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. Amen. And now there's an incentive for you if you accept the word of the Lord. Because what that means is that you won't... You won't... Bondage won't be your portion. Because when we don't obey the word of the Lord, it always leads to bondage. Look at all throughout the judges. When the people of God did not obey the Lord, then they were, as a consequence, led into bondage. And then the Lord ended up needing to send a deliverer, then delivered them out of their sin and bondage, you know, fought for them. And then they ended up worshiping God, had a rest from their enemies for a number of years, and they went back. And it normally happened when the judge died. And so that, that's that's also suggestive of the fact that that's why it's important to have a, a pastor, right? Uh, 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 because when people are left to their own, to their own, normally uh, uh, flocks are scattered. And now you may be mature enough to hold your own, but there are those who don't, and then they go by the wayside because they because they're not mature yet. Right? <clears throat> Does that make sense? And so you you can't you can't do away with the institution of God and then expect wonderful results. It doesn't work that way. <clears throat> but verse four he says they were turning their ears away from the truth and turn aside the myths. 
like Calvinism and cessationism and the other isms that uh, isn't and ain't. <clears throat> Those isms can't fix me. But you keep your head in all situations, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, discharge all your duty, all the duties of your ministry. So you can lose your head. In other words, you're not thinking reasonably anymore, right? Endure hardship. So we're going to have to endure some things that are hard, right? That aren't easy. And he tells Timothy, by the way, he tells Timothy, he doesn't tell every single Christian to do the work of an evangelist. I, I, I keep seeing this all the time on Instagram. People saying, oh, you can do it too. It's so easy. And then they get on a, a, a table and start yelling at everybody in the mall. <laughs> no one gets healed. No demon cast out. They just have a martyrdom complex. And they're saying, hey, you have this complex too. Not every, Look, man, not everybody's called to that. Do, do you understand that not everybody's an evangelist? Isn't what it saying in Ephesians 4? Some he has called as evangelists. To some he has given apostles, some prophets, some evangelists. Now, we want to finagle out of that and say, well, yeah, but you can still do the work of an evangelist. No. I, if I'm not an officer, why am I going to do the work of an officer? Halt! Who are you? No badge. No gun. Halt! You, you, you know what you call people like that? Imposters. Amen. Got, they're impersonating a police officer. They get the, the, the red. It doesn't matter how much you look like a police officer. I can chase you down and try to pull you over. I don't have authority to do that. Man. Does that make sense? Man. Amen, everybody. So uh, now the, I want you to understand that because if you try to do it anyways, then you're going to get hurt. Not everybody's called to go out there and evangelize, win the lost, cast out demons, baptize and make disciples. I know that I know in the modern church we've been taught that, but no. What do where do they go? <clears throat> they go to Matthew 28:19. Okay. Who was Jesus speaking to? He was speaking to the apostles. So when I said we need to believe the Bible and not our own feelings, okay, why did he say why didn't he say that to everybody? He didn't say that to everybody. He said that to his apostles. That that's that's proper context now it's it said before it's said often and I, I like saying it too that if you take a text out of context you're left with a con now there's a play of words there context if i take the text out of context i'm left with a con what is a con it's a con artist they deceive you so don't take text out of context <clears throat> now um, I, I want to get into this, this next, uh, 
I didn't intend for it to be that long, uh, but at this point, I want to get into another uh, um, topic, and I, I was intending on coming to this particular passage to segue in, into my following topic, and I was hoping that it would be brief, but um, I, I should learn this about myself, that uh, things aren't brief. Um, so let me discipline myself here and, uh, segue into this next topic. Uh, 